0: Uh, yeah, keep calm and stay beautiful. That's what I found back there, but it made me think of my beautiful wife. Everybody give Rachel a hand for coming up. Let's set that right there to remind us. Man, what a joy. What a joy to be here. It is well. It is well. But in this world, it doesn't seem so well, sometimes, does it? We come to a place of refuge today. Uh, To celebrate the risen Lord, and as we get into it, you know um, it's fall. It's getting to be fall anyway. It doesn't feel like that outside, but the kids have gone back to school in our house, and uh, so so routine is completely set in. Right? Is everybody with me? Like bedtimes are normal. Like kids are eating properly. Um, (laughs) You shouldn't lie in church. All right, so I was lying. Um, but everything is not back to normal. Um, and even though we think it should be, it's not. So um, uh, Blake said earlier about the kitchen table. And when I was growing up, the kitchen table was the, the staple for routine. And uh, I don't know. I give my parents a lot of credit for that. Um, and uh, at, at that table, we would uh, fold laundry with my mom sometimes. She asked me six times, maybe. Um, We would do our homework and run out of the eraser and scratch it on the table, and uh, we would play games at the table. We would share meals at the table. We'd have really tough decisions to make at the table, like how are you going to figure out how to pay for that first car, and you're sitting there trying to figure out how to do that. Um, Maybe it wasn't that. Maybe you didn't even have a table in your house. Maybe you didn't even grow up with a table. Um, It's just... For us, that was a routine. So we're trying to put that in place in our house. You know what I'm saying? We need some routine. Who doesn't need some routine? So I'm going to show you what it looks like. You'll be so proud of us um, with the pictures that we have here to show you. Um, that's not it. Uh, we're, just, just stay with us. Uh, that's, that's the guy I'm going to tell you about in just a second. But I want to tell you about what happens around our table and give you a real live look uh, at what happens. So here we go. We're going to get it right now. We're not going to get it right now. Hey, here's what happens around our table. Yeah. Our kids are here. Walker and Max, you're over at our house a lot. And Rennie, come up here. Come on. They don't know anything about this because they weren't supposed to do this. So these are our kids. Here, y'all sit down around this table real quick. Now, I'm just going to use Max, total impromptu. Max, stand right here. Okay. Max comes over to our house you know, once, once a day, once every couple weeks. How chaotic is our house? Very. Okay, this is real live. Look, I didn't, we didn't talk about this. This is not set up. Um, when we have dinner, do you imagine that the kids sit at the table like that? No. Okay. All right, good enough. You guys can leave. Thanks. What about Max? Give it up for Max. But I want to uh, introduce to you another person that often comes to our table. And as we're continuing on with this Sunday and sort of messing a lot of different things up because that's when we feel comfortable, I want to introduce you to a friend that comes to our table. Uh, So this person comes to our table often, not invited by me. Because we're sitting at our table trying to develop habits and routines and eat healthy and do all the things that good families should do. Um, and and it just doesn't happen because Alexa kind of, she doesn't sit on the table. She sits over next to it. So Alexa, yeah, okay, she lit up. All right, so here's what happens. A lot of times questions get asked at our table, right? Um, Questions, big questions, silly questions, different questions, whatever the kids might ask. That's part of having a table, part of having a routine. So sometimes Warren will say, Alexa, play Would You Rather, Here is your first question. Okay, play Would along. you rather not get enough sleep or not have time to eat? Not have time to eat. Thank you for playing. Would you rather come back soon for more fun? Okay, Alexa. Wow. Supposed to go longer than that, but um anyway. <laughs> Y'all were coming this morning to hear the founding pastor because he had it all together. Everybody's lives were going to be changed. It was going to be so awesome. But if you've been here for a while, especially from the beginning, you're like, yeah, that's why I came to hear Lee, because it always messes up, and he has to dance around on his toes and try to figure it out. You know, questions like, would you rather be covered in bee stings or poison ivy? We ask those kind of questions, don't we? Um, how many earths, how many earth, earths fit in the planet sun? I don't know, there's just like a real question we might ask. We might say, would you rather see into the future or change your past? Those kind of questions. So we got to just kind of like play around with that because we want to have a table uh, where people can come and ask questions where they can feel comfortable. But if we're honest, technology has taken over our table. Used to be the television, right? You would sit in front of the television instead of sitting at the table. Now it's the devices, it's the iPad, it's the phone, um, it's whatever. Even if you sit at the table, or maybe it's Alexa in your house, like it is for me. But for but for us, we we use that as a place together to reconnect, to talk, to ask questions, and sometimes serious questions come out, like, "Mommy, and uh, when did you meet Daddy?" Um, or maybe a real serious question: "Is Pap in heaven?" You know, my father passed away in January, and we had the funeral here at this church. So there's a lot of questions from kids about real-life stuff because they're encountered with it. We're all struggling with a lot of these questions. So um, the guy that I had up on the screen before, if we can put him back up there, I want to share with you. um, This is a guy that I, I listen to a lot. His name is Ravi Zacharias, Dr. Ravi Zacharias. Does anybody know Dr. Ravi? Ever heard of him? A few of you. Um, He is really um, gifted at apologetics, answering the tough questions as it relates to um, uh, theology or just life or really worldview. What's your worldview? And he kind of puts all the questions we have into four questions. And I want to see if you can get down with me uh, as I ask these questions. See if these are four questions that you've had to struggle with. Number one... Where do we come from? What is our origin? Number two, what is our meaning? Why, why are we here? Number three, our morality. What's, who's to say what's right and who's to say what's wrong? And number four, our destiny. Where is our future? Where are we headed? Where are we going when this is all over? Where are we going? These are the four questions. Where do we come from? Why are we here? What's right and what's wrong? Where are we going? So Dr. Ravi answers those questions. And something cool Rachel and I got to do several months ago. We had a friend that sent us on a plane to Orlando to stay at this really nice hotel to go to this conference. They paid for the conference. All we had to do was pay for our flight to go down there. And I I was so excited because guess who was uh, speaking? Dr. Zacharias. Man, I was so pumped. And we got there, and I got on, you know, we're from Kentucky. So I got on, uh, barely have on shoes, cut off uh, shorts, untucked shirt, and a Kentucky hat. Straight up, right? When we travel, that's how we roll, right? Right? <laughs> so, I, so I come in the hotel, and I turn around. We went and just like walked there like, wow, look at this. It's so ornate. And turn around, and there was this long haul probably 100 feet long, towel, floors, granite, you know, the chandeliers. And at the end of the hall stood Ravi. And his hair was illuminating all the way from the back. This hair wasn't gray. This hair wasn't even silver. It was bright white, just like I pictured it would be if I ever got to meet him. And this wasn't like a love fest, but it was almost like that moment where it was like, oh, dream weaver. I sing that to Rachel every night. And um, so he's, he's down there, and I'm just like, I mean, it's like one of those moments, what would you do if you ever saw your favorite basketball player or, or someone that you saw on TV that you knew that you recognized, what would you ever do? And he got up. Really close to me, and we were kind of making eye contact the whole time because of Dreamweaver, um, and he got about right there, and I looked at him and I was like, "Ravi, can I get my picture with you?" Total fanhood. Um, didn't call him Dr. Ravi, Dr. Zacharias. Said Ravi, new picture, and that, that's me right there. <laughs> it's hilarious. Rachel was ready to go. We got the picture. He is so awesome, man. He is so awesome. He was so gracious. Um, So, anyway, I don't even know what that means. It all has nothing to do with the message, but I had to share it with you. Um, Look, we don't have as much time today as I would like to talk about those four questions, all right? So I have to pick one of them, all right? And to me, the question that can help answer the first three, we're talking about what's my meaning, what's my purpose, where did all of this come from, what's the difference between right and wrong, I think the question of my heart and of your heart, summarizing all that, is what is my destiny? If I can figure out where I'm going, then I can probably figure out what my significance is. If I know where I'm headed, then I might be able to tell between what's right and what's wrong. And if I can figure out where I'm going, then I might be fortunate enough to figure out how all of this started. So what's my destiny? Where where are we going um, so I'm driving the minivan back from Florida. This is the old school minivan that we had, um, and we're coming back from the beach. A long week at the beach. We were blessed to be able to go, our family, and that ride back. I'm always determined. I'm going to get back. I don't want to stop. I don't want to stay overnight. I don't want to load in the car. I don't want to deal with people. I'm just going to want straight back. Like, this, this is going to be bad. At some point, with three kids, whether it's 15 minutes in, three hours in, when the batteries run out on the video player, whatever, it's going to be bad at some point. So I'm just already mad, you know, when we start. <laughs> so we get in the van, and we're rolling up, and, and then I get even more uh, angry, because within like the first hour, we left like early, we left like at five. The first hour, everybody's asleep. And I can't turn on the radio because I've turned on the radio. Rachel says, turn the radio off. I can't do anything. So I'm trying to listen to a podcast. I'm wearing down my, uh, my iPhone, which my charger doesn't work. I don't know where it is. I can't wake her up to ask her anything. Just by myself. You ever been by yourself? It's terrible. It's by myself. So I said, you know what? I'm going to take this scenic route. You know what? If y'all are going to be with me, at least I'm going to just not stay on this interstate. And and by the way, my phone showed that it was a quicker route. You know what I'm saying? You when you take that route, you're like, oh, I can shave, you know, ten minutes off right here. Even though I got to drive 13 hours, ten minutes is ten minutes, man. I'm miserable. So I so I um I get off on this scenic route and I start headed up, and I, I get lost in this uh, podcast that I'm listening to, and uh, realize that I'm almost out of gas cuz the light must have been up for a while don't know how long but long enough and I was almost on that red line so I was like huh I'm in the middle of nowhere <laughs> I'm not kidding you within 5 seconds my phone dies no uh, so so I got off on the scenic route because I was trusting my phone to to lead me on the way and that that didn't that wasn't going to work out so then I was faced with the question, when do I wake up Rachel? <laughs> and how's that going to go? Because she probably is not going to be very happy with me. That's not a great way to wake up. But I, uh, I decided that, that it was pretty, you know, this is getting bad. I was getting pretty frantic. So I turned to her, and I just kind of, hey, honey, how's it going? You just, you know, you're sleeping well. Yeah, why are you waking me up? Um... You know, we might be in a little trouble here, and I was just wondering, you know, I don't, my phone doesn't work, the charger doesn't work, and I, I'm almost out of gas. I don't know, I don't know where I'm going. And so, just because she's so resourceful, she pulls out the old school map. She has Kentucky, Tennessee, and Alabama, because that's where we're running through, and we find our way on the map, okay? We're looking to see where we are. We get really close. But we're running out of time. And I'm sweating. My face is redder than it is. By the end of time I speak today, it'll be really red. It's like redder than that. So I'm sweating. I'm frantic. I don't know where I'm going. She says, I think we should turn here. We turn. There's an old farmer sitting on a tractor beside of the road. I'm so grateful. And I pull over. And this guy was a jerk. He was like, what are you doing in the middle of nowhere taking this route? Why didn't you stay on the interstate? You have no gas? Your phone doesn't work? Like, look, old man. I almost knocked that old man off his tractor and <laughs> siphoned the gas out of his tractor. <laughs> it's close. It's close. But I didn't have a hose, so I couldn't do it. <laughs> he told us to take a left and to go straight and take another left, and we would get there, and we were getting close, and we saw the gas station and it was one pump with another old man sitting on a five-gallon bucket out sitting in front of the pump smoking a cigarette. (laughs) So, well, one thing's for sure, there's no gas here, because if there is gas here, I'm probably not stopping here, because he's smoking a cigarette in front of the tank, man. So we pull in, and I said, you got some gas? Yes, sir, we got gas all you want. (sighs) Man, we got out of it. And I was so terrified. Have you ever been in a situation where you didn't know where you were going? Maybe you got lost in a big city. Uh, Maybe you got lost on the country roads. Sometimes we all need help to know where we're going. Sometimes we can be lost. And that's why I love the ministry of Christ, because he literally spent a lot of time at the table explaining to us, telling us the truth about where he was going And where we could go if we would believe in him. You know, when he would eat at, uh, at the table, which he would do that often, and, and frankly, I, I really struggled this week because there were so many instances, right? He eats with the tax collectors, which uh, are the well-known sinners of the day, right? The notorious sinners, the people nobody wants to hang out with. He goes and eats with them, but he also eats with the teachers of the law, the legalistic people, the people that know it all. He eats with everybody. He shares the meals with them, and he always shares it in grace. And truth, But the meal that I chose for us to talk about today is actually the last one. It's the last supper, as some people call it. So Jesus is coming to the table with a very heavy heart because he knows where he is going. So I thought we would pick it up there. Now, as we walk into this scene of Jesus coming to the table, we know that Jesus has been on a journey where he has been healing people Miracles have been performed. He's fed thousands of people. He's comforted people that shouldn't have been comforted. He's showing compassion, especially to the people that are down and out. And he even raises a man named Lazarus from the dead. So he's sitting at this mill, and one of the things that even happens at this mill is there's a man named Judas there that had been following him for a long time. And Judas betrays him. So after the betrayal happens and Judas leaves, Jesus gets up from the table. And what does he do? He washes their feet, which is a sign, ultimate sign of humility. And he didn't obviously have to do that, but he did what the ultimate servant would do in that moment. He washed their feet. So they're sitting at the table, shocked that Jesus, that this person has just betrayed him. And Jesus has just walked, washed their feet. And here's what he says to them show it up here my children i will be with you only a little longer you will look for me and just as i told the jews so i tell you now where i am going you cannot come a new command i give you love one another as i have loved you so that you so you must love one another By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. Here's Peter. Peter, who's been right there with Jesus through it all. And I just can't imagine, frantically, like I was in that van, probably a whole lot worse. Lord, where are you going? Jesus replied, where I'm going, you cannot follow but you will follow later. Have you ever seen um, the movie Sherlock Holmes? Um, or like maybe The Matrix or something like where things kind of like slow down. In, in the movie, that, and maybe this is a horrible example for church, but in Sherlock Holmes, probably don't watch that movie, okay? Um, <laughs> G- Jesus in that moment to me has that moment. Because he knows everything, and he can see everything, he has that moment, that flash forward moment. Do you know where they have those in, that, in movies? Where, like in Sherlock Holmes, it's like, it's a fight, and he knows where to be and what's going to happen. Well, that's a terrible analogy, but you get the point. It's a flash forward moment where Jesus has that moment, and he says, you can't go with me now, because I have a mission, I have a job to do. And Jesus knew his destiny. He's headed straight into the battle for real. Straight into it. He's already been in the battle the whole time. But it's about to get real. He's going to get arrested for doing absolutely nothing wrong. He's going to experience tremendous amount of denial from his friends. An unimaginable injustice. He's going to face it all. He knows it. He sees it. He knows what's coming. He knows he's going to be spit on. He knows he's going to be flogged. He did nothing wrong. He's going to get mocked. He's going to get beaten. Now, of course, Jesus could have at any time called down legions of angels to protect him. But he loved us so much that he knew that the mission that he was going to make, this offering that he was going to make, that sacrifice, was too important. So he refused the help. He would surrender himself fully die the most horrific death by hanging on the cross until the work was completely finished. Little children, you can't go where I'm going. And of course, the disciples are completely confused at this point. We we just want to go with you. We just want to be with you. You can't go where I'm going right now. Right now, you can't go. He'll be buried, then be raised on the third day so that he could intercede for us, which is where he is now, at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us. Because if we're all honest, we're all broken, and there's been a point in our time, in our life, and maybe we're even asking it today, some of us, we don't know where we're going. We don't know what's right or wrong. In this world today, all the decisions and all the choices that we have to make, Everything coming at us so quickly, we don't know what we're doing. And he's there to intercede for us. Now, Jesus tells them this, and it's almost like to me, he sees that whole thing that's going to play out. And so then we come back. Because at this point, we're sitting at the table, and Jesus just told them that, and they find out they're not going to be able to go where he's going. So you talk about being frantic they are absolutely beside themselves because their impression of what was going to happen was Jesus was the Messiah, he was going to be the king, and they were going to take over the world together starting right then. So Jesus knows the troubles on their hearts, so he turns to them and says this. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? In that moment, Jesus Jesus says, and he really reveals to them what his destiny is. His destiny, right? Right? is to do the work of His Father, then to intercede for us, to go and prepare a place for us. We couldn't go with Him in that moment, but we were told what His destiny was. And in Him telling us the story of His destiny, He gave us hope for our future. He began to show us what our destiny might look like. I want to talk to you about hope for just a second. I think we have a picture of a friend of mine, uh, two, two ladies, We started Christ Community Church. It was 2009. Um, We didn't have a whole lot. We didn't have a whole lot. We didn't know where we were going, but we knew the destiny of Christ, and we knew what He was leading us to do. And and this movement has been a movement of God from the very beginning. This picture really captures that movement for me. It's a personal picture that I wanted to share with you. It's a picture that actually is uh, um, in my office. And I've had it in my office for several years. I don't know. Um, the person that is on the left, or on my right, is Mamaw. That's my grandmother. She makes—if you follow me on Facebook at all—I don't know. Maybe you don't even know. Whatever. Um, she uh, she made the best lima beans ever. Anybody like lima beans? Whew, love some lima beans. She was so much more than that to me, though. She was my grandmother. She was my mamaw. She, she would always say, Lidl, I just love it when you grin. You're always just grinning. And I just, I just love my grandmother, right? My grandmother passed away a few years ago. Um, but she was able to come to Christ's community when it was at Southside. And she would say, well, you did a good job, but the chairs are terrible. They hurt, they hurt my backside. I, I don't know if I can come very much. I said, mamaw, you need to grow up. It's not about the chair, mamaw. (laughs) It's not about the chair, folks. It's about the table. Anyway, that's my mamaw. My mamaw grew up, obviously, uh, in a time of segregation, in a time of of the civil rights movement before that even happened and then through that time. So I have another friend. uh, Her name is Marie Loving. Marie Loving uh, is a dear friend of mine, and actually Marie passed away this week. And um, I'm going to miss her a lot because she reminded me how blessed I was whenever I saw her. Have you ever met a person that could look right through you? You just love to see that person, but you also hated to go see them. Why you got to tell me that? I just come to say hello, and then you got to read my face and tell me what's really going on in my heart. I don't need that. I just came to say Hi. That was Marie, and I loved her for it, and I met her through some business stuff, and we actually just became friends, and it was so funny, because we would always talk with her and all of our friends, say, why is a middle class white dude hanging out with an old black lady, you know, say something like that, Um, that, that's what her friends would say to her, and she would be so offended at that, because she would say, I'm not old, Dude, we didn't see we didn't see color. I love Marie. I love Marie. And I love my grandmother. And guess what God did? He started a church. This is crazy. This is why I have this picture in my office. He started a church where my mamaw would get together with my really good friend Marie and we would come together in the same place and we would have a good time. We would celebrate, we would rejoice, we would serve together. And that is what Christ does for us. That conversation is so much higher in this picture. In this picture and in our hearts, we see the hope that Jesus gives us. That's his destiny. Don't you see what the future was for Jesus? He saw that picture. Well, that picture was just my personal picture, but what's your picture? His destiny was to bring that together. His destiny was to bring us into a right relationship with Him. And I'm so grateful, grateful for it. You know, you probably, at, at this point, reflecting on the questions that, that you may have. And you may not believe quite what Jesus said, and you may not believe most of what you've heard this morning. I just want to say thanks for coming and giving it a shot to hear but I want you to know the Bible is chock full of people that are just like me and like you that have that continual question. And one of my favorite um, characters is Thomas. You know why? Because Thomas is at this dinner the whole time, right? And he's sitting there and they're eating this meal. And Peter asks the question, where are you going? Peter asked the question, where are you going? He answered the question. Then he went into the whole thing about, don't worry about it, don't be troubled. I'm going to go make, you know, prepare a place for all of us. Don't worry. But I love Thomas because he's like, I don't know. I don't know, guys. You know, we're, this is probably not going to go well for us if he leaves. I think we have the passage of uh, John 14, 5 through 6. This is continuing on at the, at the dinner here. Thomas says to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. Remember, he just told him. Lord, we don't know where you are going. So, so, how can we know the way? We don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? I don't have cell phones, I don't have maps. We don't know where you're going. And Jesus answered. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. See, here's the thing. We have all these questions. Origin, meaning, morality, destiny. We come with all these questions. And if we're honest, we all have to answer that, those questions. Because we all have a worldview. Maybe we haven't settled that worldview, but we all have those questions. And a lot of us journey with those questions. But I want to tell you, among all the religions and claims in the world, there is one truth. That truth brings all these questions, those four questions. It's a very reasonable analysis that I'm getting ready to give you. Those four questions all come together in a coherent way in the person of Jesus. No other religion, no other faith can bring all those questions together in a coherent way. Logically consistent, relevant, adequate. We go into the historical evidence and the eyewitnesses. We could spend a lot of time on all of that. But I want to sum it up in this one quote. Vince Vitale said The most vital evidence for the Christian faith lies in the resurrection. God has given proof to everyone by raising Jesus from the dead. In this way, Jesus provides an objective claim for his authority. You know why? No one, no one, no one ever produced a dead body. No one. And you know why? Because he's alive. He's the way. He's the life. He's the truth. He's the destiny. He is the destiny. He set the course for his destiny. He chose his destiny. We didn't have to do that. What's different about this faith than religion and other claims? It's not about works. We didn't do anything. It's about forgiveness it's about his grace it's about you receiving his grace that free gift he answers those questions for you as we sit at the table and wrestle with these questions what's my meaning what's my significance he is the significance he is the meaning he is the life never found a dead body never will no one No one ever found a dead body. This thing would have all been over right if they were able to produce that. As we dwell on that and think about that and end our time here uh, together, I ask the band to come on back up. We think about our life and our hope uh, and our destiny. Maybe you, talking about you, have some real questions. We want to talk to you about those questions. We want to journey with you on those questions, but why are you here? Let me ask you: Why are you here? What is your purpose? How do you know the difference between what is right and what is wrong? Maybe just asking a question. Let's just like a simple question: How do I get close to God? How do I get close to God? What are what are the questions that that we have? Maybe you're just asking the question, where am I going? Is the answer to the question what H.G. Wells said? He said, I have no peace. All of life is at the end of the tether. I have no peace. All of life is at the end of the tether. So we, we come to the table and we bring our mess, right? We come just as we are. And we think about Chris who sat at the table. And we think about his story. Right? He just sat at that table. He shared his story. Was it not even a year ago? What was that, Chris? Not even a year ago, he was in jail getting baptized. Is that close to right? Last November. What Chris knows and what we know as a church is that Jesus is the way, the life, and the truth. We hope that you will. Choose him as your destiny today. Now, how you do that, we're going to sing this song, and pay attention to the lyrics of this song, right? Because it's about our destiny and about the choice that we have that we can make. To repent, which means ask for forgiveness and turn away from. To surrender, which means I've sat at the table and I can't figure it out, but I know that what you said is true. So I'm going to put my faith, I'm going to put my trust, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to say, you're my king, you're my Lord, I need a savior, I need a savior. This is, uh, this is that moment where we can come as we are, we could settle our destiny today, knowing the destiny that Jesus settled for us. Man, so, so glad you're here. Let me just share, I got this morning... And my stomach was killing me. I was really scared because I was like, man, I'm not going to be able to do this. Y'all saw me walk in. I was like, oh. I went over to Family Dollar, and I got some of those little, they're just disgusting, those little, like, salting um, things you put, not crackers, but the little oyster things. And I was back there. You know, you don't want to eat a whole lot when you're just, just barely nibbling on those things. And I was drinking Sprite very reluctantly. I didn't think I was going to be able to do this Blake, he's a mess He's a mess He, put, he holds it all together Does a great job Mel Whew. Man, we're just, we're just family, right? We're just all family I don't even bring up Wes He's the clue. He's the guy that has done this recently, right? We're just family trying to figure out together. Man, won't you join us on that journey? Won't you settle your destiny today? Won't you give your life to Jesus? Let me pray for us. God, uh, we're just so grateful that we can come to you amidst all the issues today. All the questions that we have. That We can just rest in your truth. In the life that you give us, knowing that you are the way, your chosen destiny gives us that opportunity, God. And I just pray for those that are here today, if they have those questions, God, that they begin to settle those questions. And if we can be of help, God, I pray that you would. Now, we have uh, people in the back, Lord. Pray that you would lead them as they pray with people to talk about their real issues. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.